Welcome to the Rooted and Established podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Snyder, and I'm so glad you're here, taking time out of your busy life to join in the conversation. In this space, we'll discuss what it means to live a life rooted in Christ and what that looks like practically in the different areas of our lives. Through short, manageable episodes that you can listen to while doing the dishes or taking a shower, we'll talk about how to live our lives intentionally as Christ followers. My prayer is that in whatever roles we fill or responsibilities we have, no matter where we are planted, we will become rooted and established in Christ. Desiree, welcome to the Rooted and Established podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Desiree and I met, gosh, I don't even remember now, years ago, we both of our husbands are pastors and we serve in the same district in our denomination. And so we've done a lot of district stuff together. And then recently you moved to the same city I live in. So (laughs) now we're closer, but tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into our conversation today. Yeah. My name is Desiree Johnson. I've been married to my husband for almost 15 years. We have three children. I homeschool all three of them at the moment. My husband is a pastor and we've just committed our lives to doing ministry together. That's awesome. Love it. Well, today we're going to talk about kind of a big topic, but we're going to talk about fostering and adoption today. And you've kind of had the whole experience. (laughs) So share a little bit about your experience with fostering and then leading to adoption and and just tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, in 2003, my husband and I made the decision. We had two biological daughters at the time. They were three and two. And we had decided that we wanted to have a third child. And we just decided at that time, okay, let's go ahead and jump into doing adoption. And we weren't sure exactly what that would look like for us. And so we prayed about it and decided we would adopt through the foster care system. At the time we were living in LA County. And so I contacted the county and we went from there and we were approved for adoption in 2014. Actually, we were approved for placement in 2014 and we adopted our son, Jacob in 2017. That's awesome. So what did that look like? Was he your first placement? Did you go through other placements first? Share a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, it's very rare for your first placement to be the child that you you adopt. Currently in LA County, and it was the case back in 2014 as well, you have a temporary placement for a max of 30 days before they will place you with a child who you can adopt. Mm. And it's just because the system is so overran Mm -hmm. with children and the need for temporary placement is so high that everybody has to have a temporary placement. Mm -hmm. However, we took custody of Jacob and he was our very first placement. Mm. And we ended up adopting him three and a half years later. We did have temporary placement of his biological sister. And then we did some respite care in between very short term Mm. childcare for other foster families. Mm -hmm. But Jacob was our first placement. Awesome. That that is rare, but very cool. So you went into fostering with the intent of adopting. That was your intention. But you also went the the fostering route, knowing that there would be very likely other kids that you would foster for a while until you were able to adopt, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So 
the whole idea of fostering and adopting is beautiful, hard, very hard, but very beautiful. I imagine there was a lot of conversations with God and (laughs) some spiritual growth there. Um, Maybe some things you learned about yourself or learned about God. Like, would you share about that, about how you grew spiritually through this process? Absolutely. I think that's actually the biggest thing that we grew, not only just our family grew in numbers, but our family (laughs) grew very spiritually during Mm. the process of adoption. For me personally, it was the biggest spiritual growth that I've ever experienced in Mm. my life. And it was because God made his presence so known to me through the entire process that I never doubted our journey Mm. that we were on. Um, Back in 2013, I was sitting all alone on a beach And my husband had our daughters that were staying down um, by the beach. And so he just had me go ahead and read and just the quietness of the moment. (laughs) And I felt like the Lord very clearly spoke to me and said, there is a boy out there for you and he has some special medical needs. And I just Mm -hmm. kind of put my book down. I just felt that like the weight of those, you know, hearing the words of the Lord on my heart. And I just paused for a moment and I took a picture of the waves so that I could save that moment in time mm-hmm. just as a memory, a visual memory. So my husband comes kind of trudging along on the beach <laughs> with our kids and the chairs and the cooler and just like the weight of life <laughs> breaking into my moment of silence and peace. And I looked at him and said, I think that we're going to adopt a little boy with medical needs. And Dave just kind of looked at me like, uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't think that's for me, I think is what he said. Mm. And so I never brought it up again. I mean, for a while, and right. he didn't bring it up. And then him and I were on a walk a year later. And I said, what are we doing? Are we going to have any more kids? And he said, yeah. Adoption? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay. And that was it. At that moment, we were like, we're adopting. And then that's when we began to decide how we were going to go through the route of adoption. So we had this kind of very real awareness that the Lord had spoken to me in a way that said that we were going to go through adoption. Anyhow, I did. I don't think I told Dave that I felt like the Lord had placed that on my heart, just out of fear of spiritual manipulation or Mm -hmm. any sort of thing. I just kind of kept that to myself. And then later I felt like the Lord was just telling me July, 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 you have to be ready for your baby in July. And I didn't know why, but I just trudged along and my husband kept saying, slow down, hon, this isn't a race. And I just knew, no, it is. I have my child, what I thought was going to be born in July and I Mm. needed to be ready for my child. And as we're preparing one day, I'm driving down the road and I remember just what felt like the Lord was telling me your son's name will be Jacob. Hmm. Jacob. And so I told my husband later that day, I really think we should name our son Jacob. And he wasn't too sure how he felt about it. I'm making him sound like the bad guy. He isn't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm never telling him the Lord is putting this on my heart. I'm just, you know, casual conversation. In marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, sure enough, July 1st comes and I, you know, was kind of eagerly anticipating <laughs> And then nothing happened. (laughs) It's like getting to your due date. (laughs) There's no baby. (laughs) It's like, what's going on? The doctor said the baby's coming now. And then July 2nd, I got a phone call. Mm. And we were not yet finalized in our process. But a woman who knew a woman 
said, there is a child that needs a permanent home and she's looking for somebody that is looking for a child in the foster care system. So I called her and she said, okay, yes, let's meet. And we agreed to meet on July 4th. Hmm. And as I hung up, she said, you know, you do need to know that there are some medical needs, you know, with him and they're not, they're not big, you know, he has a heart condition and it's, it's not a huge issue, but there is this kind of underlying medical condition. And and I was like, of course there is. (laughs) And then she sent me a picture just after we hung up and, and I got the picture of, of, you know, Jacob sent to me and underneath it, it said, here's Jake. And it was like the Lord was like, this is your son. There was just no question. You know, I didn't have to name him. I didn't have, I knew it was him. Wow. The Lord brought him to us. So from the time that we met him until he was placed in our care, he was diagnosed with nine different medical conditions. Mm. And things seemed very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But at that point, he was already our son in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And never for a moment did I doubt, is this too much for me? Is this more than our family can take on? Because I just really felt like the Lord had told me that you're going to be adopting a boy. He's going to have special medical needs. His name is Jacob. Be ready for him. And so mm. I had no other option other than to just lean into this process, knowing that the Lord has really given him to me yeah, and, and us to him. So. Well, and such confirmation, such clear yes. confirmation. I, I mean, <laughs> it's not always like that from the Lord, but no. thank you, Jesus. What it is. <laughs> never before and never again. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that so interesting? Yeah. Where I was so sure of anything in my entire life. Wow. So when you were on this journey, when you were listening for the Lord, when you were praying about fostering and adopting and your future child, how did you grow spiritually? Like what was it, was, was your faith grown or maybe what was the biggest struggle for you to stay rooted in the Lord through this process? Yeah. You know, before we went through the process of actually having placement, it was just a lot of work and Mm. paperwork and meetings and approvals and inspections and interviews. And I never really felt the need to cling to the Lord through those difficult trials. It was just paperwork. Yeah. You know, it's like the difficulty of marriage isn't when you're filling out the marriage paperwork (laughs) the week before, you know? Right. The difficulty of marriage is when you're married, Mm -hmm. at least in our case. So it was the same with adoption. Mm. I wasn't having these moments of having to really lean and trust in the Lord through the process because I was just filling out paperwork. The real spiritual growth happened once we had custody Mm. of Jacob or placement of him. You know, there's three and a half years of weekly visitations that are a struggle. We had court cases that were very difficult conversations with attorneys that, you know, would leave us in tears difficult struggles of walking alongside biological family mm-hmm. and parents that were both heart-wrenching and difficult to process yeah. and bonding relationships with this family because we have been doing mm-hmm. visitation for three and a half years. In our particular case, Jacob is one of five children and we maintained relationship with biological siblings. 
even post-adoption that mm-hmm. have brought, you know, so much beauty and redemption, but struggle. Mm-hmm. And we also have a foster family that cared and loved for Jacob so deeply. And we're so thankful for that. But there is a sense of loss that he experienced when he was moved into our home. And so Mm -hmm. seeing him go through the pain of that loss, all of those things are what caused us to lean into the Lord and to cry out for him and to beg for healing and to teach us how to parent so differently than we were parenting our biological daughters. Absolutely. Well, and you touched on something really important of this idea that there is grief and there is hardship when it comes to fostering and adopting. The actual adoption action or experience is beautiful of bringing in this child, but really hard things had to happen first. And I think people forget that and they don't acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge that it's hard because it is. So because it is so hard and, and beautiful, but hard, how, how should followers of Jesus or, or people in the church be involved? Or how can they be praying for you? How can they support someone who is walking through fostering and adopting? Yeah, you know, prayer and pasta is kind of the simple answer. <laughs> you know, it's just pray. Pray for people that you know that are going yeah. through the journey. Bring them meals. If you have just kind of this moment of awareness of them, send them a text message. Mm. They're like, Hey, just thinking about you today. Yeah. Let you know, I'm praying for you, praying for your family. Those sort of things really do matter. Random diaper drops on the porch, (laughs) you know, and it's not even that we needed the diapers. I mean, of course you always need. Oh yeah. (laughs) And I'm talking more when we had, um, Jacob's biological sister in our care too, you know, those, those diapers were so helpful because just, going to buy more is often difficult, but it's the thought that somebody was out and thought of me yeah. and drove to my home and left diapers on my porch and I didn't have to entertain them. Mm. I just was able to feel their love and their presence. Yeah. And those little things make a huge impact. Mm-hmm. There's also when you're fostering there is this awareness that your life looks different than other people's Mm. lives and how you might discipline or correct a child who's either biologically yours or has been with you since birth and had years to bond with you before or months to bond with you before they need correction and discipline looks very different from a parent who is given a toddler or a preschooler that is sinful, right? (laughs) Disobeying, Mm -hmm. uh, selfish, all the things that we all experience in our own children. And yet discipline can bring some real pain to this child Mm -hmm. that has perhaps been beaten or neglected. And in foster care, all children are, are taken for abuse or neglect. Right. So you're dealing with the awareness of that while you're trying to bond. And so it's Mm. hard and it's even harder in public. Yeah. And the eyes of the generations above (laughs) you (laughs) seem to really pierce your soul when your kid is tantruming or struggling. And as a parent, you don't really know how to discipline them Mm. in a way that isn't going to hurt them. Yeah. You know, but that's actually going to teach them 
how to how to behave properly. So those early months are really difficult. So yeah. just have some understanding and support. Yeah. And you know, watch the looks. Watch. <laughs> Lots of grace. Lots of Lots grace. Of grace. And prayer and, and prayer. some practical things it sounds like. Practical. It is really nice. Yeah, you know, another thing I always like to tell people like that are walking alongside somebody who is going through this process is just allow them to share what they want to share and mm. don't ask questions about the child's biological family or what sort of, you know, abuse yeah. or neglect they may have mm. endured. It's very personal. Yeah. And oftentimes people don't want to share that publicly. It varies based off the yeah. person. But I tend to be more of an open book when it comes to um, my son because our lives have been so open with continued <laughs> relationships that have yeah. been ongoing, but not everybody is that way. Yeah. And no, I, I think that's really wise and helpful, especially for someone who hasn't walked through that journey or hasn't experienced that. Just some, some practical ideas and tips to support and, and to love them without expecting right. anything in return or information or, yes. um, you know, asking them to, to share what they're not comfortable with, but being, being willing to listen if they do want to share, yeah, I think and you is know really what? helpful. One thing someone said to me that just was so impactful. They delivered a meal and said, do not write me a thank you card. Yes. I do not want one. And I just felt this like release from like, you know, <laughs> hospitality goes two ways. Right. Somebody is hospitable to you. Be hospitable back. Write them a thank you card. Right. But the release from anything else to have to do in this mm -hmm. moment that's difficult is just so powerful. Yes. Allow them to not have any other obligations yes. <laughs> or expectations. That's yeah. so freeing. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. What encouragement would you want to share with someone who is going through fostering or adopting or is considering doing it? Yeah. One thing that really terrified my husband and I when we were beginning the process was how it was going to affect our daughters. Mm. They were very young and they had not experienced trauma mm -hmm. and experienced loss. They were just preschoolers. My oldest was in kindergarten. And we were concerned for them. Yeah. And I could see that being something that would stop us from going forward in the process. But the way that loss impacted my kids was so beautiful. Mm. And I really wish that I would have been able to see the way that my kids were going to transform through this process. Mm. So I wouldn't be so scared in the beginning about what they were going to yeah. go through. The kids were like slowly learning how to do hard things that was <laughs> maybe not going to benefit them or was mm -hmm. going to hurt them, but it was going to benefit somebody else. Mm. And they weren't afraid to step into the hard. They didn't have as many reservations yeah. as we did. And it really just brought me comfort after our first um, Jacob's biological sister was placed with a family member. And that loss was really hard mm. on all of us. And it really changed my girls in such a beautiful way. And they became so much more tender to people mm. at school that were being picked on, even throughout the years. They always had this awareness that there's layers 
to our emotions. Yeah. And that isn't because I taught them that. I think they just witnessed it. The, the layers to our emotions are not seen by people. And the girls just have this awareness and understanding of that when they go through difficult times on the mm. playground. That's beautiful. So take comfort in that. I think is one, yeah. it's like the biggest encouragement that I would give to somebody that has children before they go in to foster care. Another thing I guess is it hurts. It's hurts a lot. Um, and mm. that's just kind of the pain of loving well. Yeah. And every child deserves to be loved and cared for. And I would just encourage people to not let your fear of loss holding hold you back from giving a child the love that they deserve yeah. to receive. Do I have time for a quick story? Yeah. Okay. So Jacob's previous foster mom just loved him so well. And he had a lot of sicknesses and she was up with him all night and cared for him and just poured into this child for months and months. And it wasn't easy. And I know that. And her love for him was so great and so deep. And then her pain over having him come into our home was deep as well. And I knew that. And we did continue, and we still do continue, a really beautiful relationship with her. But I often think back on the love that she gave him for that year and a half that she had custody of him and how it really allowed him to bond and because of the love that she showed him, even knowing that she was not going to adopt him. And so she was putting her own emotions in a very vulnerable place mm -hmm. because she was pouring so much love into this child, knowing that the end result for her was just going to hurt all the mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. But as a result, he loves well now. Yeah. And he's not going through these like emotional you know, or attachment mm -hmm. disorders or difficulties with bonding with people because he was loved so well. And so I just want to encourage people love well, even if loss is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a beautiful story of love and of yeah. just that generosity of love and, and loving well and living into whatever God is calling you to do, even if it's hard. And there, I'm sure there was good on, you know, for her, there was good times. And, and now she, you know, continues to have a relationship with you guys, but still leaning into that and just trusting God with whatever it is he's calling you to, and that he will sustain you even through the difficult parts as well, but just not holding back even in, in that. Absolutely. Love that. I, I want us as fellow believers to to understand the importance of this and how we can support people, how we can be a part of fostering and adoption, how the church can come around those who are fostering and adopting. I think it's just a really important conversation to have. So as we kind of wrap things up, anything you want to share with us to to really wrap it all up? Yeah, you know, I think James one twenty seven always speaks to me. It spoke to me from a child. It was my favorite verse mm -hmm. even as a kid. And so I just think often, it, you know, in that verse, it says religion that God our Father accepts as pure and thoughtless as this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep yeah. oneself from being polluted by the world. And that same word, look after, is the same 
word that's used later when Jesus was saying, when I was hungry, you fed me. When mm. I needed clothes, you clothed me. And we have this need and this calling from God to look after orphans and widows. Yeah. And how we're going to do that is going to be different for every single one of us. Yeah. Not all of us are in a place where we can do foster care or where we can adopt, but all of us are in a place where we can pour into orphans and widows in some capacity. Yeah. And so if that's prayer, if it's meals, if it's money, if it's going down to the hospital and <laughs> holding babies that are parentless mm -hmm. until they have placement, we all have something we can do. Yeah. And it, it changes for all of us based off of our seasons in life. What we're able to do just physically and emotionally is going to be different for all of us. But I think we are all called into some capacity yeah. of caring for, looking after, visiting, praying for, doing something for orphans and widows. Yeah. Yeah. I think we often kind of write that off as, well, I'm not called to adopt or I'm not called right. to be in foster care. So then I guess that's not a calling for me or that's yeah. not a a commandment for me or that, you know, <laughs> but it is, and it is something we are all called to in some capacity, but just figuring out what that it looks like for you in this season of your life and what God maybe is asking you to do. Maybe he is asking you to step out of your comfort zone a little bit and do something you weren't planning on or expecting, mm -hmm. but really seeking him in that and asking him, Lord, how do you want me to love widows and orphans? How do you want me to, to support the family that's fostering at our church how do you want me to support someone who's walking through adoption what even if it's not through the foster system Absolutely. you know how can how can I love and support these children of God who yes. need who need the love and support from the body of Christ so wow so good thank you so much for sharing your story and Jacob's story and and how we as the church can can love on others going through this experience because again it's beautiful but it's hard. And so we want to, we want to honor that and we want to respect that. Um, but we also want to make sure we are being the hands and feet of Jesus through this process and through That's this experience. Good. One fun question as yeah. we wrap up, what resource or thing are you loving right now that is helping you to stay rooted in Christ? Yeah. You know, I started this practice a couple of years back and I read two chapters of the old Testament every morning, one chapter of the prophets and one chapter of the new Testament. And if I feel like writing down some notes, I do. And if I don't, I don't just that daily discipline has really kept me rooted in my faith and in my knowledge of the Lord. That's great. I love that. It's so practical just to be in the word. And, and I think devotionals and all of that are awesome, but sometimes I think we forget that we literally can just go to the word and that's sufficient too. Way to be practical and staying rooted. I love it. Well, thank you Desiree so much for being with us today and, and sharing with us. It was such a good conversation and so encouraging. Oh, thank you. I've really enjoyed this. Thanks for listening to the Rooted and Established podcast. As always, I'm so grateful you took time to listen. I would be honored if you take a moment to leave a five-star rating and positive review. This helps other potential listeners know that this is a podcast worth listening to. And while you're at it, screenshot the podcast and put it on your social media or stories to share with your friends. 
that is worth a thousand thank yous. But if you tag me, I'll be sure to personally thank you myself. I hope you have a great week and we'll chat again soon.